0: Ladies and gentlemen, baseball is back. That is good news. I always want to start off the podcast with good news. Baseball's back. Lockout's over. But as always, the Pipe It Up podcast. We're back for another episode this week. Got another fun show lined up tonight. Special guest in the building, another small business owner. As well as we'll get into our weekly cue of the day. And then I'll uh, update you guys on my, uh, on my personal life. Some fun talks with Jack and I. So uh, without further ado, this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. All right, so we're diving right into it tonight, folks. Um, our guest is already here with us. He is in the Zoom call with Jack and I. So let me introduce to you guys Jeff Kurt. He is the CEO and founder of Lefty Swagbats. Founded in 2015, Lefty Swagbats is a bat speed training tool company. Their products include a variety of training bats and training tees. And you've probably seen their logo in the MLW outfield over the last few seasons. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Not a problem. Not a problem. So, um, before we hear a lot about LSB, um, just tell me about yourself and kind of your background, where you came from.
1: Uh, well, uh grew up in Wisconsin, so a uh, fellow Midwesterner like the MLW boys. Uh played baseball in high school. Uh then that's about it for me for my baseball career. It ended in high school, and uh, you know, Lefty Swag Bats has allowed me to stay in the game that you know, working in the game that I love, and uh, yeah, it's been great.
0: Hey, no shame in your career ending in high school. I've, I've been there. I am that guy too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, just speaking about the company, you know, why did you want to start this business, and and how did you really get the get the ball rolling? How did you actually go about starting Lefty Swag Bats?
1: Uh, I actually started, um, well, back in 2015, uh, started just making super heavy bats uh, for my slow-pitch softball team just to kind of loosen up the kinks after a long night out and whatnot Um, the next day. um, Super, super easy, just anodized some aluminum. Um, Then I started learning about overload and underload training from the golf world a little bit, um, which really kind of took the product to the next level, Um, added more of a training aspect to it and just – you know, instead of some, you know, cute thing to throw on the throw on the bat rack or whatever. Um, so really started training the training aspect of it in that 20 percent over 20 percent under and been running with it ever
0: since. So, nice. you, so you made this product for your for yourself and your teammates in slow pitch softball. Now, did you see the potential in the product just based off of your teammates reactions or how you liked using them? Or were they kind of pushing you to say, hey, this is actually a great idea and you should you should try to, you know, manufacture more of these?
1: Um, I saw a little bit of potential myself. Uh, People seem to like the heavy bats, Um, the heavy, you know, on deck bat is something you see in just about every major league baseball on deck circle.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So, you you know, you know, people like it. Baseball players are creatures of habit. So um, just, you know, once you dive into training of it a little more, um, instead of just using a heavy weight and adding that, that lightweight stuff into it and the benefits that it can add to your game it uh you know you really have to take that and just go with it
0: okay so you get the ball rolling and um what uh what were the kind of the main challenges you faced right off the bat to really make this a a business
1: um well from you know just starting a business in general is always an interesting thing from all the legalities of setting up an llc and you know Mm -hmm taxes all that stuff you know all the all the fun stuff of running a small business and whatnot um but from an actual challenging part of the bats you know from that standpoint definitely not being able to hit baseballs was the biggest issue with my bats right from the get-go um because yeah it was just anodized aluminum um it was just dry swinging hitting wiffle balls Mm -hmm. hitting golf ball sized wiffle balls which is great for vision training um but not not that sexy of a product necessarily, so in 2020 um, we were able to launch a product that you're able to hit real baseballs up to 50 miles an hour with so kind of listen to coaches listen to players seeing what they wanted and you know took action and now we have a product that can hit those baseballs and you know you can take it in the cage with you really saves time mm-hmm. really saves time in the cage
0: that's sweet
2: are there any are there any obstacles? You know, once you got over that, are there any sort of issues or obstacles that you're seeing now currently where you guys are at?
1: Um, So far, it's been so good. Um, We were at a unique spot where uh, we're able to patent the product, actually. Um, It's currently in the patent pending status. um, So we kind of beat everyone to at least the skinny barrel training aspect of the overload and underload training. Um, So we set ourselves up pretty nicely here. Going cool. forward
0: so jeff is this the first business you ever created is this your first time making an llc and kind of doing this
1: yeah yeah this is my first little project um you know business-wise if you want to call it that but i come from a family of entrepreneurs so it was pretty much bound to happen eventually i love um, it sounds like yeah, it was in his
0: blood it was in his blood
1: yeah you know i guess so
2: yeah. You, you know, you mentioned your, uh, sort of upgraded product that that's able to hit real baseball I actually checked out your guys's, uh, website and I was under the, the testimonials page and the video there on the page is actually shot at the university that I go to, um, shout out the boys oh, in the that's video, fantastic. <laughs> shout out the boys <laughs> yeah. in the video, uh, Matt Woods getting BP from Shane Kelly. Um, so yes, I kind of saw a product, you know, got a feel for it, but, um, more from, you know, your perspective, what makes the product really an essential for baseball players overall?
1: Oh, I mean, it's, it's so simple. If you think about it, um, it's basically like lifting weights for your swing. Um, and it's an easy thing to do. I mean, you're going to be swinging to train anyways, so you might as well take a little bat. That's a little bit heavier in there to work on your power then take a bat that's a little bit lighter on there, work on those fast twitch muscles and, you know, improve that hand strength. And then the skinny barrel just allows for natural hand-eye coordination training. It's an inch and a half in diameter compared to the two and five-eighths diameter barrel that you're usually using during the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: For sure, yeah. I, uh, I was wondering, like you kind of mentioned that the beginning stages of the product was being hit off you know wiffle balls or you know golf ball type size so you you would say this product is pretty applicable to wiffle ball then because i could i could use a little bit of you know improvement in my game especially at the plate
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely i mean it definitely has its wiffle ball roots with the skinny barrel um having to hit the wiffle balls only right away um but yeah now um you can't go wrong with the skinny barrel training um the hand-eye coordination training at the plate when you guys are throwing those curveballs and risers, you know, it's only going to help you.
0: Yeah, we need all the help we can get. It's not easy. It's not easy hitting in this league that we play in. So uh, I'm oh, going to have to I, do some training myself. Oh, I know. Myself. I tried. <laughs> I tried
1: a couple years back in Omaha, and you guys diced me up pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, Jeff and I met in person uh, three years ago now, which is crazy. It feels like a forever go, but it also feels like just yesterday in a weird way, too. But we met out at the College mm-hmm. World Series in 2019 in omaha we, we do uh text back and forth every now and then but so that was three years ago but you've been running lsb now for this is your seventh year i believe if you were founded in 2015 yes sir so that's a long time you know seven years i know it's a i guess it's a minor chunk of an entire career you talk about 40 or 45 year career but seven years is it's a major commitment so um I guess, what have you kind of learned along the way that you really didn't anticipate when you were sitting at the starting line of this business?
1: Oh man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I guess knowing, like finding out what not to do and where, where to stop on projects is kind of the most important thing that I have figured out. Um, Just listening, listening to customers, like that's how I've gotten to this product that I have now where you can hit real baseballs mm-hmm. is you know put it you know maybe ignored one project for a little while to work on this project and now I have now I'm not looking back when it comes to the bats I'm selling
0: mm-hmm. yeah so I think that's applicable to to not only you and you're selling a product but also people who are creating content so you said to listen to your customers um, now is there a balance there you think because Yes, you might get some people who are saying one thing, other people who are arguing on a different side. Like, How much do you have to balance your own intuition versus your customer feedback? Is there a balance there?
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, you get some you get some wild suggestions. I'm sure you guys know too, especially from a, a content creation side. I'm, sur- mm-hmm. I'm sure people are really clamoring for certain things and you just kind of have to say like, no, that's just not <laughs> the direction we want to go or you know what we want to do. And um, yeah, it's definitely you know, definitely applies to, to content creation and, uh, product development.
0: Mm-hmm. How, uh, how important do you think the social media world is and how much does that contribute to your sales and your business and your visibility, and all that kind of stuff?
1: Oh man. I mean, that's, it's really what got me going from the, right from the get go. Cause it's, it was such a powerful tool for marketing to, um, just the baseball players that I want around my brand and also kind of helps create like a, like a grassroots movement around your product, um, just a really genuine feel to the product. And you know, for lefty swag, it kind of has that swagger across you know mm-hmm. that that social media profile presents that swagger that we like to that we like to bring
0: and then is that is that kind of something that you you knew going into it? because I get a lot of questions, mostly from you know, younger kids, and I say kids, I mean, maybe high schoolers, middle schoolers, um even kids that are in their college years asking, you know, I want to do this. How do I start? Where do I start? How how important do you think, you know, prior knowledge is versus just trial and error and doing your own research? Or what's your experience in that field?
1: Um, I think it's a good balance, again, of, you know, prior knowledge and um, just being willing to learn new things and willing to learn the trends that are coming up on whatever social media platform that you're using. But you have to you have to be adaptable to the situation because social media moves fast, but it's mm-hmm. it's important to have it because it just to have that footprint on the internet, that, you know, quote unquote free footprint on the internet, yeah. um, is important. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So now for you, you said you kind of, you grew up around entrepreneurs. Sounds like there's entrepreneurship kind of runs in the roots of your family, but, um, in terms of your background, were you kind of educated in this field? Like, did you go to school for business or anything like that? Did you go to school at all? Or were you completely raw coming into this whole business, starting a company type thing?
1: thing? Uh, yeah, I went to school for business after, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do in college and ended up on that um, business kind of side of things um, just to kind of learn the what I might want to do or what I, what I might need in the future for someone that had aspirations of starting their own business. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily this early in my life. I wasn't sure when it was going to happen, but I I figured I wanted to work for myself at some point.
2: Cool. I'm just curious. Uh, this is a little bit off topic, but you, so starting your first business, how do you come up with the name Lefty Swag Bats? Where did that come from?
1: Ah, uh, well, you know, I, I hit left-handed and like the think that i played the game with a bit of swagger back in the day so you know i kind of brought that to and uh, you know trademarked it made it the business brand but now it's just kind of uh you know a mindset you know you know a state of mind right there it's all about being in the zone having that swagger when you're at the plate um so you know hopefully it applies to both lefties and righties these days
0: i mean yeah. I, I feel like every right-handed hitters know though that something about a left-handed hitter it just it has that it has a different type of swag. It does. It's cool when you're a lefty. It definitely is. It, it helps that
1: the righties kind of understand it. You know, yeah. they just, they, they get it. You know, it's just kind of like they shrug the shoulders. Like, yeah, no, you know, I, I feel
0: like in terms of like playing, you know, pickup baseball or whiffle ball with your buddies, I feel like you always see the right-handed hitters trying to hit lefty, but I never see the lefty guys flipping over to the right side. It's always, everyone wants to try to hit lefty. It's just, it's something about it where you're just, you're faster out of the box. It It does look cool. Your pole side's usually a shorter part of the field. I don't there's just something about don't hitting left far. Yeah, it's something about hitting left-handed, that I think, has always been appealing to me as a baseball player. For sure. For sure. Oh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, so I related to the company name big time.
1: Yeah, I mean I grew up watching uh, Ken Griffey Jr., so that doesn't hurt yeah, either. I mean exactly. the prettiest swing of all time. So
0: Yep. Yep. That, for sure. That
2: helps. That's cool. That's interesting. I can see that for sure, even though, you know, I don't have much of a baseball background, but through lacrosse for sure, mm-hmm. just because it's a little more rare to be left-handed, just oh, the way sure. just the way the ball comes off when a when a lefty shoots, it's just I don't know. It is kind of swaggy, you know. There's something mm-hmm. about it. So that's Different cool. State. I can definitely yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I can see how that flows, but um, you know, with your experience with lefty swag bats, obviously we love lefty swag bats. Would you consider, you know, ever maybe starting another business based on, you know your your skills now and your expertise now uh, moving forward
1: oh absolutely
2: don't want to limit myself or lock myself into
1: one box by any means um just uh need to figure out what that's going to be um at this point um it's, i definitely know what's going to happen though that's for sure
0: that's awesome it's cool to hear very cool um so Jeff, what's the current status of what the LSB workforce looks like? Is it only you running this machine by yourself, or have you had the chance to hire any outside help yet?
1: Oh, it's only me right now. Um, I am lucky enough to have a fiance and sister who are really good at social media ads and Google ads. So you know they have given me the family discount on on that end of things. So I haven't had a hire out for a social media market or anything like that but uh yeah long story short it's it's just me running
2: things right now
0: okay that's cool good stuff like Man that, many times. does that give you kind of like a chip on your shoulder like it's just you against the world trying to prove everybody that your product is the best and you know that you're gonna you're gonna make it into a, a mainstream product
1: uh you know a little bit um but the product does speak for itself and um i do know it is the best bat speed training tool out there um so that really that really helps that the product really backs um my vision too
0: i think that's what you just said is is so important you know sometimes it can seem like you know you're 7 years into it now so you you've uh, you've got the experience but i think at the beginning you know people can be intimidated by well it's it's only me and you know how am i going to get my name out there what am i going to do but like you just said if you believe in the product if you know your product is best then in theory over time enough people will see it get their hands on it to where it'll sell itself you know what i mean so i think the fact that the way that you just answered that i love so much because that's what i always want people to think about like if you're already doubting yourself in your head about oh i don't know how i'm gonna do this well to me it doesn't seem like that you're coming from the right place then you should think that your product is the best it's the best on the market mm-hmm. by far and then the rest is gonna just take care of itself you know what i mean so um, I, I love the confidence
1: that's where embrace the swag comes from. You gotta do it exactly, exactly.
0: Love that. Well,
2: uh, any you know any closing thoughts here, Jeff, for us? Anything you want to tell the millions of Pipe It Up listeners?
1: <laughs> millions. Uh, I M. mean, you know, I you know, I, yeah, I got thank you guys for having me on. Uh, to extend, I want to you know for that thing, you want to extend a little twenty percent off code to the Pipe It Up followers um, for some apparel and some headwear if they want it. So if they want to use the code. MLW20 on leftyswagbats.com. Get themselves a t-shirt or some hats. Check Just it out. Dial it up. Check Woo! it out, Check it out,
0: fellas. Check it out. A little 20% off code there, courtesy of CEO and founder himself. So, Jeff, thank you for being on the show tonight. Really appreciate it. And I hope our audience uh, enjoyed your presence and learned something. Um, as Jeff said, you can head over to his website, leftyswagbats.com, and check out some of their products, apparel, and all that cool stuff. Jeff, thanks again, man. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Appreciate you guys. Can't wait for the season to start.
0: Yep. All right. Talk to you later, Jeff. Thanks,
1: man. Thank you.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDIC. And without further ado, it is now time for today's Q of the Day.
1: Q. 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 Of the Day.
0: Ah, another week, another question. This week's question, after I did a little digging through the DMs, on our Instagram, of course, if you want to submit one for your own, yeah, DM us at Pipe It Up MLW. Uh, this one comes from Noah, and Noah says, "How would a person build a resume and get drafted into the MLW?" I think this is pretty relevant because we do have an upcoming yep. draft for the 2022 season. It's an eight pick, one round draft. So mm-hmm. uh, let me give my thoughts on this because I've I've seen kids attack it in different ways, and I think it's awesome. First of all, I love. I think it's awesome when kids are messaging me like, hey, I'm really interested and I only live so far away and I'd be really dedicated and I play wiffle ball. I love to hear all that kind of stuff. So I'd say number one, um, don't be afraid to get your name out there. You know what I mean? Don't feel don't feel too shy to DM a player or a manager who you'd like to play for. I wouldn't necessarily recommend DMing uh, the MLW Wiffle Instagram account because it just stuff gets lost in there. But my personal account, my DMs are open, guys. I try to respond to every message I get. It takes me a couple of days sometimes because I forget about them and they're my my uh, my requests and not in my main feed. So I try to respond to the messages, and I think a lot of the other managers do too. So yeah, get your name out there, introduce yourself, and um, you know tell us why you think you deserve to be in the league. And the second point I want to make, and this is a big one, um, is to play in an MLW regional tournament. Uh, I think you guys have seen over the years that some of the biggest names in the league started off playing in MLW tournaments. Jimmy Norp has played in all of the Wiffle and the Mittens, starting off when before we were even at the Legacy Center, the big venue. We were at a local elementary school, having our first ever wiffleball tournament. And there was, I think, nine teams or ten teams back in 2018, I want to say. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was 18. And Jimmy Norp was there. Jonah Heath was there. Um, a lot of the Trenton guys were there, like Chris Cheatham, Brendan Jorgensen, Trevor Bonham. All these guys started at MLW Regional Tournaments. And um, Bren- Brendan Baranoski played in some of the Wiffle and the Mitten Tournaments. He got drafted number one overall last year. Um, so I think that's probably the best way to, quote-unquote, build a resume and to meet the players, introduce yourself, and to make a good impression is just to come out to the tournaments. I mean, Jack, do you agree?
2: Yeah. Totally agree with everything Tom said. You know, don't be afraid to reach out. We all try to respond. You know, in an adequate time. Um, you know, the best way to get in the league, obviously, is to kind of make yourself known to one of the players. Um, the videos are great. The videos are awesome. You know, I've definitely gotten some some highlight tapes sent my way, which is really cool. Keep those up. But seeing someone play in person, seeing their skills in person. You know, seeing seeing their pitches move, seeing how they can hit, how they attack the ball, you know that's that's really kind of what could maybe put you above in terms of like getting involved in the league, getting in the league is if you really show out at one of these tournaments. So, totally agree with everything Tom said. Um, I really like that piece.
0: Another thing too is about the tournaments as well is just um, something that's very important to the league and to us is just people's you know passion and dedication for the game. So if we see a kid who, you know, is coming to one of our tournaments year in and year out, clearly loves the games, a, a nice kid, um, you know, we see that he's, he's a dedicated whiffler. We see that he's come to this tournament three years in a row, he brings a squad, he plays his heart out, and, you know, clearly he wants to contribute to growing the MLW brand. So the fact that, you know, he's he's built his own whiffle ball league, that he's got his friends playing, he's been learning how to pitch, all that kind of stuff, it just shows, you know... Um, okay, this kid's willing to go the extra mile to help make our brand bigger. So that's something that's important to us, too. So I think that's another reason the tournaments um, can help us out. But don't underestimate the power of a good mixtape, guys. You guys know who Cody Parker is? I think no, that's not <laughs> that's the surf. What's the guy's name? What's the kid's name who had the famous football mixtape, the youth football mixtape? Cody something.
2: Oh, oh, it was uh, Cody Paul.
0: Cody Paul. If You guys have never seen that video. That was, like, I feel like how, like, the mixtape era started was that oh, kid's yeah. YouTube video that probably like his older siblings made for him or whatever. But it's like a fifth grader. Just yeah, tearing kids viral. Out of football Kid field. was Absolute viral. I'm telling yeah. you, a, a good mixtape can capture the audience of millions. So those would be the two things I would say is to, yeah, number one, contact a player. Maybe include some video. Um, don't underestimate the power of good mixtape. And then number two, which really should be the first priority, is yeah, to get to some MLW tournaments and show us your skills in person and to... Uh, shake some hands, make good impression, and, uh, yeah, because there's nothing like meeting somebody in person. You know what I mean? So
2: Absolutely, yeah. You do it a couple times. The play times. speaks for itself.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I love meeting you guys and hearing that you want to be a part of the league. It's just it's so cool. So I think uh, if Mr. Kamish was sitting next to me, he'd say the exact same thing. Is Yeah, the best way is to uh, really use those tournaments as a, a way to get yourself eligible for the draft because we will once again in this next draft class have many guys who have played in the MLW tournaments over the years. Huh. So, Excited for you guys to see that um, the draft will be coming to YouTube in mid-April, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for your question, Noah. <sighs> Jack, I got some exciting news to share with you. Really? Actually, I think you kind of already know this, but it's it's officially official. Um, this it's officially official officially official this Saturday uh, for I will be leaving the states, leaving Michigan, and going on a two week two week trip to germany for work (laughs) is that crazy nice shout out the motherland
2: i got i got roots in germany Well,
0: that's why i wanted to talk to you on this podcast about this because i have never traveled internationally before and this has been on my radar for a couple months now but i was kind of thinking like i my boss asked me if i could go i was like yeah i'm available i can i can do this but then you know nothing was really happening we hadn't booked anything yet there's a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. about the trip just due to the state of the world right now and then we're you know so now we're closing in like a month or less to the trip happens and so we're starting to meet with our colleagues in germany about the logistics of the trip and then out of nowhere my boss actually quit and i was supposed to travel with my boss and i was like well i'm definitely not going to germany now because who am i gonna go with so no. anyway i uh, just last week Found out I'm gonna be going with two other colleagues that I've never met before, who work on a different team than me in Northville. So I was uh, I was a little nervous and anxious about that, but I was still um, committed to going. And I did meet them. Uh, we had like a short um, Zoom meeting last week, or actually it was late yeah, late last week to just kind of meet each other and to actually book the trip. And they seem very nice. So a little of the a little bit of the weight's off my shoulders because yeah, being with someone nonstop for two weeks that you've never met could be big time hit or miss. <laughs> for sure for sure because we're all going to be sharing one car so it'll be uh we'll be definitely spending a lot of time with each other but yeah i wanted to talk to you because you've been to germany i believe right
2: i was there yeah briefly uh two summers ago i um had a trip to europe went to a bunch of different countries um i was there overall for about a month and part of that trip was a family reunion So we had, um, you know, family from America, from Canada, from Germany, all this family reunion, which was really cool. And that was in the, uh, black forest in Germany was where we, we stayed during that reunion. So Uh,
0: the Agners are spread far and wide, huh?
2: Uh, yeah, that's, so that's, that's my mom's side of the family really. But, um, yeah, you know, we go way back. My, my grandparents, my shout out, Oma and Opa, Mm -hmm. they are, um, you know, for, they're, Born in Germany, um, immigrated to Canada before coming to the States. So, yeah, I still have some roots there.
0: Okay, so your Oma and Opa, they actually were the ones that came over from Germany to Yes, North correct. Yep
2: my, yep, my mom's parents, they, uh, they, they came and uh, met in Canada and then um, eventually moved to the United States.
0: Wow, that's cool. For me, I think it goes, it goes back one generation further for me. I think on both sides of the family... Um, but I know for a fact that my mom's great-grandparents, we actually, they came from Poland, okay? And mm-hmm. we have the paperwork, we have the physical documents from Ellis Island for them when they emigrated over Very cool. So That's very a piece cool. Of, for the, all the history buffs out there, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I've never never traveled um, to Europe before. I've done international travel to Canada, which doesn't really count, let's be honest. And then yeah. I have flown to Mexico for a spring break when I was a senior in high school, but that was my last time flying out of the country. And I think Europe's a whole other ball game. So I'm uh I'm a bit nervous, I guess. But I guess I had a little bit of the weights off my shoulders because my people I'll be traveling with seem very nice, like very nice people. Mm-hmm. But uh, you yourself who's already been there, what what can I expect? I mean, I'm going into a country where I don't speak the native language. I know they speak English pretty yeah. well, but obviously we don't. I don't speak German. So mm-hmm. I mean, I see like. Well,
2: I mean, to start from the very beginning, I thought one of the coolest things about going over to Europe, honestly, was like the flight. Like I had never been on a flight that long, and you kind of feel like a a king there because you get probably two, at least two meals on the flight, which is which is you never really have that, so that's cool. I think you'll enjoy the flight. What kind as of a, well, as a travel?
0: So interesting topic here, though, is my flight departs from Detroit at like seven thirty. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's like an overnight flight. Like we leave at set from seven thirty in Detroit. Then we arrive at like PM. Yeah, seven thirty PM. Okay. So then we arrive at like eight fifteen AM in Amsterdam, and then we have like an hour and a half layover to Frankfurt, Germany, where I'll be. So interesting. Okay. I like the goal so is to sleep on that plane, but I'm not gonna turn out right. food. You know what I mean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure though. I'm sure they'll squeeze in at least one meal I there, maybe some. I I
0: read it on my ticket. It's a Delta flight and I think it did say meal, like there is a meal. So, Okay. I don't know.
2: Well, that's cool. As far as the uh as far as the language barrier, you know, to be honest, like um how do I put this? It's not like it's not sad how People in America like don't really go out of the way or oh, are required
0: it to it like, is. It's pathetic. It,
2: it's pretty sad. <laughs> we don't. We don't even really attempt to learn other languages. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows English. I know. Like I, there is no way that you're gonna go to a restaurant and like not gonna be able to order in English or anything. Like I'm not sure exactly you know what you're doing over there for business. Um, if you're sort of top secret, you, you know yeah top secret stuff <laughs> but I don't know I don't know who you're meeting over there or whatever and if I'm you know they speak English I'm sure they speak English oh, they they're do. probably gonna have an accent, obviously, but like you know that's totally not a big deal. I wouldn't be worried about that. The food is awesome it's it's great everywhere you go um I'm not sure exactly where you're going, but when I was in Berlin, the donut kebab is a staple there it's fantastic what whats
0: what's that consist of? Um,
2: it's sort of like a shaved, shaved, like chicken, almost wrapped, wrapped up. I can, I can send you a picture of it. On sounds it delicious. But, um, it's delicious. It's absolutely I like fantastic. It's delightful. Um, the bratwurst, obviously oh. spectacular. Um, you know, this is a family friendly podcast, but they obviously have great beer there too. Being kind. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I'm sure you'll love it. The, the culture is great. Where exactly are you going? Do you know?
0: So to give you guys the details of my trip, don't stalk me if you're. I think I think five percent of our listeners, Jack, are international. Just so you know, I've checked that on. Oh, cool. On, uh, Apple Podcasts before on Amazon that before. That's more than I would expect. So yeah, five percent of you don't stalk me if you're in Germany. But our flight is into Frankfurt, and then I believe the town I am going to is called Schweinfurt. Okay. So I cool. don't know really what the population is. I think it's like somewhat villagey if that makes sense, but big enough to where there's a large, you know, we have a large corporation building there. So and then from there it's a two week trip. I'll be spending some time in Schweinfurt and then I'm going to another town that I think is pronounced in English Patrishing or Patrishing. That's about okay. a 3 hour drive to it's more near Munich. So I'm flying into Frankfurt and then I fly out of Munich. So Nice. Dude, it's gonna be a blast. I, I wouldn't know. be,
2: I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be nervous. I mean, maybe you know, you're traveling with people you don't know, but I'm sure they're, you know, decent people, and you'll figure it out on the fly. But I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm super jealous. That sounds, that sounds like it'll be fun. I know it's for business, obviously, but it'll probably be something you know, you'll, you'll never forget. It. No,
0: I think it'll be okay because yeah, it's for business. So you know, Monday through Friday are, are kind of chalked, but overall, the weather is supposed to be decent. I think it's supposed to be like mid fifties. At least for the first week that I can see, well, that's that's warm enough for me. Um, and then, you know, I was talking to my dad and other people I, you know, who are working, and they say a lot of times when you travel for business, they just make you work through the weekend. You know what I mean? Because while you're there, you might mm-hmm. as well make the most of your time. But no, we spoke. I've spoken to the colleagues that I'm meeting down there, and they want us to enjoy the weekend, go sightseeing, all that kind of stuff. So I do have the Saturday and Sunday to myself in between the two weeks, um, mm-hmm. as well as. We got permission to book the flight uh, like a, we're leaving on a Saturday and then arriving on a Sunday. We got permission to do that because of just to try to eliminate the jet lag. So they actually built in Monday as a travel day for us. But I kind of have Monday as well to do as I please. I could go in for a half day maybe if I have stuff to do. But if yeah. I'm really jet lagged or if I'm not, um, if I don't have any pressing work to do. I technically am not required to report to work that day. So I will have some time to go see some things. So I, I'm excited yeah. for that part. And the work we're doing, I don't think will be too, too strenuous. If I do have strenuous work, it'll just because of my normal responsibilities on top of what we're doing out there, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But what I'm mostly doing is just training for essentially a future program that might be coming to North America that's currently worked on in Germany. So because the the company I work for, the global headquarters is Germany. The North American headquarters is here in Michigan, but the global headquarters is in Germany. So it should be okay. I'm not, like I said, I'm not like, I don't know if nervous is the right word, more just like anxious. Cause it's just, you know, the unknown, like you don't know what of to course. expect, so, but I'm excited. There's
2: always it. uncertainty. There's always uncertainty in travel, but, um, I think some of the, some of the best times come from uncertainty. So I'd take Definitely the bull by the horns yeah, and, and run with it. it. <laughs> I would say one thing, um, maybe I guess you're lucky that you're traveling right now. I don't know what the weather looks like there, but, um, air conditioning is like not a, thing really in most of europe it's what? not a very popular thing so what? if it's i don't crazy? think it'll be like two...
0: it won't be like i said yeah mid, they f- don't like it mid, i don't know 50, they don't do so it won't be, won't be no, so you'll so be, be, no, so so be chilling you'll yeah, be chill no chilling. pun
2: intended you won't be worried about it
0: but that's unbelievable to me jack doesn't it get like as hot yeah. as it does here over there
2: yeah it was insane i they, mean they we were, literally, i was staying like i was staying in my cousin's house like in germany and it's just like the thing is an absolute boiler room and i'm like we got some like, you know, air conditioning, we we got, like, half of our family here for the family reunion We're oh, sweating in this house. Like, just, I don't know. That's just, they don't do it. They don't like it. Like, they don't, they oh. don't even, like, when they have come to America, they will, like, honestly complain about it. It's too cold because they're not and, used like, to it. Like, they don't like fans. Like, yeah. you know, if you got, like, a fan going on or, like, the window, like, you mm-hmm. know down in the car like they they don't like it they're
0: not about it i don't know what it is let me tell you something i am not about no ac that sounds miserable to me i there's yeah. nothing i can you know you can deal with being cold that's fine if you don't have a heated mm-hmm. place like yeah for some places it's way too cold but like for example my house at michigan state last year was always pretty cold but like you can you can dress appropriately for that and you know do whatever yeah. but when you're hot there's just nothing you can do you are just screwed nothing. so i can't you might want to also
2: what was that?
0: That's just that's just flat out gross. Yeah,
2: that's just gross. Um, I'm thinking of, you might want to also check out what the sort of like adapter is for your charger. Oh,
0: good call. Um,
2: because I don't think they have the same. It's not just like the normal. Two-pronger? Uh, you know, like, yeah, no, it's, it's wow, not. Jack, I mean, in some places it might be, but I think in most places it's not. You
0: may have just saved me some serious cash because I can just order that on Amazon instead of having to buy yeah. one over there.
2: It won't be, yeah, I don't think it'll be, like, too expensive, but it'll be something you don't have to worry about.
0: I got to put that in my notes right now. I don't know off the control. top of my
2: head, you know, what adapter it is, I, but I, I can, remember having to get one.
0: Germany outlet. That's a good enough note. No, that's for sure a valid point. But, um, I'll, yeah, if you, for you guys that are tuning in listening, um, if you have traveled internationally before or been to Germany, feel free to send me a DM, like I just said, talking about the, uh, the draft resumes. My DMs are open. I always try to read them and respond, so, uh, let me know guys. I'd be be willing to take any tips. But uh wish me luck on my travels. Of course, we're gonna still have pipe it up episodes, don't be alarmed. We're gonna pre-record episode eighty-nine. And then as of right now, the plan is to do episode ninety live from live from the motherland, as Jack just called it. <laughs> 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 so So um yeah, that'll be fun. I'll give you guys my perspective as I'm there recording from a hotel room. So excited for that. And um Overall, should be a fun little experience. First time traveling for for business, so I will uh, give you guys a full report when I'm down there, and then at the conclusion of the trip. And then after that, it's all systems go for the MLW season. So, looking forward to. It. Make
2: sure you take some pictures while you're there, Tom. You don't want to. There's a fine line between between being, you know, like that tourist that's just walking around with their phone. But if you do get a chance to, you know, see some cool places, don't be afraid to pull your phone out, and take some pictures.
0: If you want to it'll go, it'll go
2: by in a flash, and then you're like, "Yeah, I had a great time, but I got nothing to show for
0: it." If you're it, gonna so. miss my face that much, I can just do a daily vlog if you're interested. I can buy some vlogs. Yeah, I'd love a, that.
2: Oh, I would love that.
0: Maybe a little minute-long vlog every day for Jack. Yeah, only for Jack. Yeah. I, just, I just email it to him every day. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, just me. Yeah, just me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've always wondered about like the whole vlogging thing because I'm not gonna say I don't enjoy like watching certain vloggers or certain people that I like to watch but some of them are just too cringy. But I don't know if I could ever do that. There's just something about like carrying around a camera in public when it's just pointed Mm -hmm. at yourself. I don't know. Could you ever be that guy, Jack? Well,
2: it's kind of funny that you say like in public. I was almost thinking the opposite. Like it's almost, it might even be weirder to do it like at home alone. Like when you're by yourself, you know, because sometimes I'll watch like, you know say someone doing like a fishing video and they're kind of just like on their own you know what i mean Mm they got a camera it's sort of like a vlog type thing that's a little weird a little bit like i like the content obviously but that's got to be a little bit awkward just filming yourself talking while you're in the middle of a lake you know what i mean Mm -hmm. whereas like you get if you're in the crowd you almost like people are kind of like interested like oh why is that guy so important definitely walking around with a camera definitely turn some heads you're kind of like oh yeah you know i'm doing a vlog
0: I would see um, people at Michigan State every now and then. I'd see someone walking like with a with like a, one of those like stabilizers stick. and self yeah pretty much selfie stick with a camera on it. And I'd be like, okay, what are they up to over there? But yeah. um, it definitely will turn some heads. But filming alone, I guess there's two things. Yeah, if it's when you really think about it, yeah, it's a little weirder because like yeah, this person's just sitting there talking to themselves all alone. But I feel like in the moment, it's not as weird for you because no one's really around you to judge you, which you guys shouldn't be afraid right. of being judged. That's a fault, I guess, of mine, but mm-hmm. you should do whatever you want anyway. But I, I love a good fishing video, Jack. I, I like fishing content on YouTube.
2: Oh, like I said, I love it. I'll continue to watch it. I'm saying if I had to do it, which I've thought about doing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've, I've thought about it and it's like me kayaking in the middle of the lake talking about what bait I'm using and how I'm not catching any fish, you know, it might, <laughs> it might get a little awkward.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I, um, I, the reason I feel like I would never want to do a fishing channel is because for me like fishing and maybe you'd get used to it but for me like fishing is like a de-stressor like you go out there with pretty much you're not talking you're not like on your phone at all it's just in your pocket tucked away um, and usually you and in- you're by yourself or you're with one other person or whatever it may be just kind of socializing taking in the environment and the nature so I feel like having to like worry about getting good content for me would just like ruin fishing for me altogether I like to just be out there kind of zen
2: I agree. I totally agree.
0: But I that's love, what I—that's I what I use it for—is
2: you know more of a de stressor So having to worry about setting up a camera and whether or not I got the shot when exactly. I finally <laughs> catch the fish, whether or not I got it on the GoPro. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, But yeah, I like good fishing um, videos. Any, any other kind of categories of, of videos I like to watch, Jack? Besides just fishing, that are kind of—I guess—I um, I, I know you're a sports guy, so I'm sure you watch sports content from time to time. But any yeah, other yeah. categories that might surprise me?
2: hmm i went through a phase that uh i'm sure everyone maybe not everyone but a lot of people went through because it just came up on my algorithm for some reason but those guys in like i don't even know where they are like thailand that are just Building like underground oh, those houses are awesome, out of like dude. a, a pickaxe.
0: <laughs> like mud and, and sand and, and like a, a pick- time
2: lapse. Yeah, and they're <laughs> making slides and stuff. Those things are insane. Dude, the
0: views in those videos are nuts. Like yeah. millions upon millions. And it's like, yeah, I built like an underground waterfall slash home. Yeah. It's unbelievable that they can do that. It's so it looks i'm like so trying effort- to get out- so effortless. Yeah.
2: I'm, like, trying to get out of bed to, like, fill my water bottle up, and these guys got, like, a a rock and a shovel, and they're building, like, a three-story home in the ground.
0: Yeah, those are crazy. With a a
2: pool, with a pool inside of it.
0: Out there in the sweltering heat, too, just, like, usually shirtless guy just out there grinding, putting in the work, but they have to just roll in the revenue, because those videos get crazy, crazy amounts of views um they do but yeah no, i watch. i'm going to
2: get one now on my on my youtube yeah, now the, we're the, talking man, the man's it. listening for sure so yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah i've been down that rabbit hole um kind of my current kick right now i guess it's kind of a guilty pleasure but and not even so much on um youtube more so on tiktok or instagram reels mostly instagram reels i'm getting more into tiktok now i'm trying to study it a bit more as a as a platform but mm-hmm. um which is long probably 2 years overdue but i've been being stubborn and then instagram is like food videos i love totally, watching yeah. people cook stuff like the quick one minute just crash course on how to make a recipe and then you see the final product oh man i can watch yeah. those for hours that's like I my like entire the... instagram explore page is all just like pasta same. and desserts and <laughs> like a chicken Literally dish. Same. yeah I my, love that. my
2: my instagram algorithm is uh golf food Maybe a little bit of lacrosse, probably not though. And then like, like animals, like it could be like fishing or like puppies or like something like that. Like that's literally my animals.
0: That's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. Like I've gotten these weird, I'm getting these weird videos recently of these just like snakes, like just these huge like water snakes and like I don't even know what's going I on. I am not not a snake fan. I might need fan. a hard reboot. I might need a hard reboot.
0: N- not a snake fan myself. I've had nightmares about snakes before. I've had nightmares where I've been running away from a snake and I like can't outrun it and like right as it bites me I like wake up and it it's taking me out. Oh, it's terrible. I don't know why i have such a but the funny thing is is the my two or three encounters I've had with just like a garter snake in Michigan which are like harmless basically. I always like yeah. try to catch it like I'm not afraid of it in real life, but in my right. dream I'm like terrified. Yeah, you want like to be. A, yeah, I have like a deeply set fear of snakes, but that's like dangerous snakes, I guess. Where in my head, when I see a snake in Michigan, I know it's not dangerous because we only have one dangerous snake here. And I've never, I've never seen one before.
2: Yeah, the only dangerous snake in Michigan is the Diamondbacks. Yep, that's it. Yep, I never. Cause we never... don't, we don't have real Diamondbacks in Michigan, so just mm-hmm. the organization.
0: <laughs> dang right, Jack. You're dang right. Other than I that, hope... for me, what was that? No, go ahead um other than that for me so yeah food i do like watching those guys build things everyone knows what i'm talking about when i say that um i do watch <laughs> some sports content i went through kind of i kind of just like binged watched um it was mostly just one person and i unfortunately i don't like his content anymore as much um i, I guess i won't say his name to bash him but i liked watching like i guess you consider it art videos there was this kid i used to watch who'd customize mostly like air force ones like shoes So, like, he'd buy the all-white Air Force Ones and then, like, paint them or dip them or all that kind of stuff. Those I always find, like, satisfying and cool. Any, like, satisfying type stuff, I like watching that type of stuff. Um, Other than that, I've been trying to, like, diversify a bit and, like, watch other creators and learn from some of the other best in the game. Um, Like, I've... Kyle and I both have been studying Mr. Beast pretty heavily recently, just because I mean, why not study the best and try to apply anything you can from what he's done to what we're doing? Um, and he's someone I w- I didn't usually wa- I've always like admired him as a creator because because of how many views he gets, but I wasn't like always like the most massive fan of his content. But you know, like I said, you got a game-recognized yeah. game recognize game, you gotta respect what the guy's done. So I 100 percent have been studying his every move lately, and then other creators too um more like trying to figure out like people i've like heard their names before but i've never really, like looked into their content for example um last week i spent like an hour just checking out different things from um emma chamberlain you know that is? it's a girl it's like a, no, it's like, a, girl, it's like a younger girl i think she's only like 19 or 20 but i've i've heard her name for years and like my sister my younger sister watches her she's a vlogger so i was like what does she do that's like so you know intriguing and exciting and her content was actually interesting to me because it's not, like, really... You know how, like, some of the bigger YouTubers and vloggers are, like, in-your-face, like, intense, like, nonstop enthusiasm? Mm-hmm. Hers are different because it's more, like, really capturing, like, her personality and, like, she creates almost, like, an, ex- a- an aesthetic in her videos. Like, her editing is very slow-paced, kind of focused on just, like, different videography, like, different shots and nothing, like, intense in-your-face at all. It's very, very chill and relax. So the fact that she's like captivated millions is insane to me, but it just shows that there's multiple different ways you can you can attack YouTube. So I don't know, it was interesting to check out her content after years of hearing her name. So I spent like an hour watching two or three of her videos too.
2: Yeah, that's cool. You gotta be you gotta be your own. You yeah, know you gotta be
0: diversified Dude, in the YouTube game if you wanna make it.
2: That's act that's that's facts. That's factual.
0: But so yeah that's kinda of how I've been spending some of my free time is, is checking out some of the other creators. So if you guys have creators you watch that you think could be beneficial to, to me, to study or Kyle. Um, feel free to let me know who you guys watch and I can uh, check them out. I've also gone through phases where I watched like gaming content too, Jack. Not so much anymore, but the so time when Fortnite started popping off, I'd watch a lot of Fortnite videos and that kind of stuff. So,
2: I've definitely done my fair share of watching gaming for sure. But
0: there's just YouTube's a crazy place, man. There's a lot of different ways you can take it. I think it's crazy too, when you see like a simple thing like someone Google's like maybe. How to change my oil in my car. Like the first one that pop ups, you'll notice I have like 10 million views. It's some guy with like yep. really rugged video, you know, not great editing, not great sound quality, not good camera quality, but that's just such a common thing that if you do it right and you can hit the algorithm, you'll get you'll get millions of views. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I've I always seen think that. that's funny. You're like my dad'll have a random problem with like our sink at our house. So like go on YouTube and look this up for me and I'll search it and yeah, it'll have millions of views. It's like, of course, this this random this random guy with his little setup for filming and just some you know cringy like on screen captions and directions, but it's just a necessary thing, you know what I mean?
2: I just did that the other day or the other week. We were having an issue with our like fire alarm in the house and I was I literally looked it up on YouTube what the appropriate like test was supposed to be for the, like what it was supposed to sound like, um, for this specific model of fire alarm. And I found it mm-hmm. within two seconds and it had a ton of views on it. <laughs> like, yeah. It was the same exact thing. So I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: I think I may have touched on this, on this show before. And I feel like I say that a lot. So I apologize for number one, that number two, if I do double back on things, but I'm always curious youtube specifically but other businesses too is to wh- when they were originally created and founded is what were the founders intentions because to me i'd be surprised if the creator of youtube envisioned what it is today like where it's like professional almost tv shows that are being produced on their mm-hmm. platform for us like our own sports league being produced for their platform people that are mm-hmm. just investing you know thousands to tens of thousands to even hundreds of thousands of dollars on a single video where i feel like when they're like yeah i'm gonna make this platform people can upload their own videos i feel like they thought it'd be more for like yeah like how to how to change a light bulb or just like right. random stuff like that but just how it's evolved over the years is crazy i could say the same thing i've said before about fortnite you know did they picture that being this is like a gaming term but like quote unquote so sweaty like, was mm-hmm. it designed to be, like, the most competitive game of all time, or was it just, like, another video game, you know what I mean? So, I'm always curious about that as to, like, where it was going. And I guess even in terms of MLW, you know, our, our dreams quickly evolved and grew um, faster than they've been developing, I guess, like, in terms of the numbers and the views and that kind of stuff. But, you know, at first, it was just like, oh, we saw people on YouTube doing this. We should try it, too. It sounds so fun, so let's just do it, so... I guess a lot of businesses do evolve, but it'd be curious to like hear that from the actual founders of like, when they're like, Oh my gosh, this is not what I thought it would be, but this is better than I could have ever imagined. You know what I mean?
2: I bet you a good chunk of them would say that would say, you know, maybe they, maybe, you know, what the company is today aligns with what their original mission was to accomplish, but not necessarily the vision of what they had the company, you know, where where they expected it to reach or where they expected it to be at because that's what's great or that's what you know great uh business owners do is they they can adapt right and change that and capitalize on the things that they see are working or could potentially work in the future so if you're you know you're too rigid and stuck with your yeah. vision you know it, in in some instances obviously that works um but a lot of times being able to change that and sort of go with you know, what the, what the market's telling you or what the consumer is telling you or what they want out of it. You know, that's, that's, I feel like that happens to a lot of successful businesses.
0: No, I think, I think you're definitely right. And like Jeff just said, his started off with being just a weighted bat for him and his slow pitch softball buddies. Then he made a tool, but it couldn't hit baseballs, but all of his customers wanted it to hit baseball. So he had to adapt to that. And now like, who yeah. knows what where be could be in, in 10 years. So yeah. I don't know. I think that's part of the exciting part of it though, is like you said like you just said, I'm going to Germany, like the the unknown can be like scary but exciting. Like if if you knew exactly what was coming, life would be so boring. Which True. I need to think about more. Because I do like stress about the unknown a lot. But yeah. It's if you did know it was coming, <laughs> there'd be nothing to be excited about. Exactly. <laughs> so
2: There'd be no emotion.
0: Good, good bit of perspective. Good bit of perspective tonight to wrap up the episode and really Bring this one to a conclusion. So thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Um, Like I said, I'm going to Germany, but episodes will still be released as promised every Tuesday, 7 a.m. Keep tuning in. We appreciate it. Tell a friend about our podcast, and uh, that's a wrap. See you guys next week. Oh, hold on. Phone call at the Schultz household. Ring, ring, ring. Hello.
2: We're calling to contact you about your car's extended (laughs) warranty.